the more cooks are in the kitchen, the worse it gets because I don't know who to talk to. And I can see based on the RFP questions to allocate or to have the best system in place, which covers most of the risks I want to eliminate through this selection process. That's Benjamin Kuneerim, Sales Director for EMEA at Bellin. In his role, Benjamin has acquired deep insight into how different levels of process control within systems and across organisations can impact corporate financial security. With the rise of CFO fraud, redirection fraud and other types of financial crime, the treasurer has become a target. But a well-managed system with the right level of controls in place can help keep the organisation safe without hindering process efficiencies. In this podcast, with the help of Benjamin, we aim to reveal current levels of process control understanding and explore best practices for treasurers. We'll look at the role of centralised visibility and access in maximising process security and learn how secure payment processing can be achieved. Benjamin will also guide us through the impact that artificial intelligence is having on keeping treasurers and their organisations secure. I'm Sophie Jackson from Treasury Today And as with every podcast we produce, our aim is to explore how corporate treasury departments can build strategies for success in an ever-changing, connected and innovative world. Let's start by listening to Tom Olford's conversation with Benjamin, looking at what and where the main risks exist today in process control failure. The risk hasn't changed, but only the priorities uh, have changed. When I started working for Balan 10 years ago, um, most of the RPs were just receiving the information or having a transparency in their deals, in their cash management. The focus of payments were uh, of interest, but they weren't really a key focus of the different controls. During the different selection processes, I saw a change of that, that payments or payment connectivities and the processes related to payment were more and more important. Usually the risk Earlier the days were um, not having all information on site. Now, since most of the companies have adequate information, a system in place, and they have the information, they want to eliminate the risks by having uh, C4 fraud calls, um, redirection frauds, and so on. So this is more or less the change that they have something in place. They want to optimize it and to have the control even of the legal entities in uh, worldwide, not only in the holding, because most of the risks are not in Germany or in the Dach or where the holding is located, but in the legal entity in Bangladesh, in Indonesia, or all around the globe, where I can't ensure that my local team checks the static data of the invoice correct and so on. When I visit a customer in Munich, they lost within a short time horizon uh, more than a 10 million uh, euro worth of payments due to fake president calls because the user on site signed a uh, single payments in the local e-banking application and they didn't have any control what's going to happen on the legal entities on site or what the user is doing and they saw it on the consolidation on the month end that there were uh, strange payments processed over a very fast time horizon. Now to what extent are treasurers actually aware of the risks of not having adequate controls you highlighted one example there um, so from your experience are you seeing adequate process controls in place Yes, I would say there are a lot of trainings um, from the Treasury, from the accounting or from different departments, how to handle these kind of risks. 
But the issue is that I can't ensure, even if I train the user 10 times and tell them, please handle it according to this process, I can't ensure that he's still handling that process like I've defined it and they just do what they want to do. So um, I see in terms of treasury, there's a shift of the risk or how to handle these risks. They want to have the full control and even start working um, or eliminating these risks on a centrally basis. And this is something I just can do if I have a central system in place, if I have central processes defined and on a, on a small team of colleagues who are handling this risk. For example, the example I've provided in the prior uh, question, this could have been eliminated if all banks would be connected to one e-banking application. If certain processes, certain checks are in place that the static data of these payments are validated. So I can see that from the questions in the RFPs, the treasurers are looking for more and more systems which have more capable functionalities, not just providing the transparency, but having also a payment connectivity to eliminate uh, legal entities to have their own e-banking applications or our own systems in place. And even from a whitelist, blacklist perspective, um, to have also control over that, how the static data is maintained and processed through these systems or through the one system. Of course, uh, treasurers need to be able to uh, have a, a target when they're going to improve systems. So what would you say constitutes uh, best practice in, in process control? And as part of that, do you feel that centralization is an absolutely essential part of that process? I would say it is important to provide or to have a decentralized application in place. So each subsidiary, each user should use the system as their local tool, as their tool to do the certain task they should do. But I need to have a centralized control over everything. I should have to have the transparency to see what is this user doing? Do I want to deny or reject this payment? Is this information correct he's going to enter? Um, it doesn't mean I want to withdraw all the responsibilities and the workload into a department because most of the uh, treasury departments are maybe one, two or three people. Bigger corporates have maybe bigger um, um, departments, but most of our customer base are just a one-man show or one and a half and two. So I don't want to uh, hire a new person just covering these these kind of um, control. But I want to have the possibility to have the transparency. The user should have or the central treasury should have the responsibility in an automated way to see fraud payments, to see fraud information and act upon of it. So I allocate the control into the legal entities. They still have the processes. They should live the process in the system. But I have a centralized access to it to see everything, to act upon it. And even if the system is so good that informs me, watch out, there's a fraud payment then I just need to see only the few payments which are very strange and at all of them. Okay, great. So uh, we talk a lot about advanced technologies, uh, especially AI. So what do you think is the role of uh, uh, technologies like AI in elevating control structures and management? I think since TMS departments are usually pretty small, artificial intelligence is getting more and more important. The systems or the TMS or the payment applications I have in place, they have a lot of information included. And I want to make use of this information. And so um, having like an AI in place to check how these payments, validate these payments and inform only for the payments which are critical, I need to check. This is a huge help for small um, organizations. For example, we have developed an AI in our application that should or is going to detect 
fraud payments, which means, so let's take an example. If I have a, sm a small sales office in Norway, and um, usually uh, they have only local payments and very small volumes, and suddenly the user on site in that office is going to enter a payment in a different currency, a single payment, our AI is going to detect this payment and informs the central treasury, watch out, there's a payment which is not usual to the usual user behavior in the past. So uh, the system should detect certain kind of critical payments, risk payments, if we take that now in terms of payments, or even later should detect, I don't know, uh, the deals or other parts which are not based on the regular user behavior. If a user is going to trade a kind of deal, uh, I don't know, kind of currencies he haven't traded before, the system should detect these kind of, of incidents in the system. The treasurer should check only the few things which are critical and not everything because that's just not possible. And this AI is helping him to be his other HR part, which he is missing as of today, and fill in the spot and provide him an adequate uh, support to control a billion uh, turnover company with uh, lots of different legal entities. Okay, great. So where uh, uh, treasurers is sort of aware that everything is not quite as it perhaps should be with regards to their process controls, I mean, how should they begin and where in particular should they actually begin reviewing things to take themselves forward? The first step, they need to define what are my risks for the company. So first of all, they need to have a clear goal. And after defining this goal or the different risks, they need to check how to solve these kinds of risks. Usually this is done in the central treasury or in different departments because not only treasury is one point to be attacked, but uh, IT, uh, accounting, other systems as well. We now had an, a customer who had the WannaCry virus and everything was encrypted and he couldn't have access to any kind of data, not anymore to the TMS, not anymore to uh, accounting relevant information. He was just black with everything. So they need to start with IT, first of all, who's hosting the application. Should I run the system on my premises, which is a risk, or should somebody else provide a hosting services? Because if Bellin is going to be breached, we have servers which are dislocated from our internal network and so on and so on, which eliminates these kind of risk of having to be encrypted from a database site. Then they need to define the processes, how to solve that. If I'm going to host the TMS or the ERP system or other applications, how should I handle these kind of breaches in terms of everything is blocked? Do I store my data backups on the same servers or they're dislocated? In that good incident, the customer had it, uh, the servers of the TMS or the backups on different servers which haven't been encrypted. So we are, we are able to install a new application, play in the, um, the data backup, and he's just lose a few days of, of data, but not the full application. And if the risks are defined, there should be a task force within the corporate defining if something like that happens, what are the next steps to solve that issue? And these steps or these, these different um, risks should be defined and documented how to solve these kind of risks. It's very important because if somebody leaves the company or somebody else uh, joins the company, he should always be aware what are the risks of the different departments, depending where I'm located, how are can they be solved? And who should I contact? Do I have only uh, one system vendor in place, like Bellin, where I receive everything out of one hand? Or do I have other vendors in place where I have, I don't know, one covering the payment part, one is the TMS part, one is accounting, one is the connectivity between accounting and the TMS part? 
So the more systems I'm using on a central decentralized basis, the more processes I have to define. I need the contacts who should be contacted. Uh, do I have a relationship manager? Do I contact Swift? Do I contact my uh, SAP or my Navision uh, contact? As soon as I have a clear path, it is easier to solve risks, to see the risks in advance and to act upon of it. And that is very important. Over the time horizon, I've seen that the companies were aware of certain risks. And I think over the years, the attacks increased. So attacks on, on, on the email server, attacks on TMS, on the payment application, attacks on um, the accounting side to um, have like redirection frauds where fake invoices were sent and so on. So um, of not losing money and I think sending cash out, out of a wrong invoice, it's a very transparent way how to see how to lose cash or what the risks are. It is easy to eliminate such a thing. So, for example, uh, we saw these requests from our customer base. So not only from a TMS selection process, we can see within the, in the questions we receive, there's a change of interest, but also from our customer side, this is changing. Our system is developed based on the wishes of our customers. So uh, more and more requests came into our departments and asked them, we need something to check, to validate our bulk payments. So we developed a new functionality, it's called vendor verification, where um, the central treasury is able to upload a whitelist and the whitelist cons uh, consists out of the supplier information and we are independent from the ERP systems to allow to have a full supplier list with all static data maintained in our TMS whitelist, let's call it like this, so if a subsidiary in Bangladesh or in India or in Europe or in US uploads in a supplier payment file, we are going to validate the content of these files against this whitelist to see are the static data coming from the ERP system correct and as well maintained on that whitelist. If there is a difference between the bulk payment file and the whitelist, which I maintained on a central basis, the system warns me that this is a suspicious mail. And now I need to decide is this okay or should I reject the complete file because maybe this file uh, hasn't been validated, the IBAN or the bank details. Or we have also a blacklist available. So we check all single and bulk payments in our system against this whitelist and blacklist to ensure that the content of the different files created in the, the different legal uh, ERP systems are validated our one centrally platform. And this eliminates all the risk of uh, redirection fraud, C4 fraud calls, and so on, because suddenly I have one application, one payment application, one list where I can ensure that the static data of the suppliers are maintained well. And so this eliminates a lot of risks from a treasury side to have a breaches in the different legal entities of receiving fake invoices and so on and so on. Now, considering what you just said there, I mean, what, what do you think treasurers should do or could do now specifically to create the most uh, effective control status? So I'm thinking here both uh, in terms of internal and external connectivity. And I think, I suppose we can add in the fact that many more of us are actually working uh, remotely these days. Uh, so what would you be your response to that? I mean, in terms of uh, specific actions to take. As I mentioned before, um, the treasurer, if we take now the treasurer um, into uh, consideration, he should define the risk and then ask internally about the IT or the different departments, uh, how many fraud attempts do we have? If this legal entity doesn't have a lot, it is easier to answer or know the way he should process. 
if some customers like Deichmann, they have a lot of attempts of fraud invoices based on what we have received as an information from them during our 1TC, um, it makes sense to start optimizing the processes with the highest risk where they receive the highest uh, fraud attempts and then prioritize these risks saying, okay, my highest risk is maybe, maybe the redirection fraud from a treasury perspective or accounting to see we are going, we have a lot of attempts of fake invoices and then they should ask the question, okay, what is the next risk? Are these CFO fraud calls they receive or is the next one of being attacked by the servers? So more, a lot of our customers also tell us the information that not only the accounting or the TMS is getting being attacked because these are probably very secure um, systems, but they see that more and more email servers are going to be hacked. So that not the emails are going out from, um, from the company, but in between is a middleman who's writing all the emails and then communicating to the suppliers of the customer, ah, by the way, my account has changed. So even the uh, the customer don't see that they haven't been breached or there's something in between. So it's not only that the company is going to send out wrong payments to wrong accounts, but also to ensure or to secure the supplier uh, where they receive usually some uh, some funds that these static data is correct as well. So summarizing all the, the parts I have to find, they should check internally and ask the questions, what kind of risks do I have? How can we solve the risk? Is there one application or which application support me by solving these kind of risks? And um, as soon as this is a clear understanding, the, usually the treasurer knows what to do because if, they, if he hasn't any adequate systems in place, if he's still using Excel as in TMS, sending worldwide these Excel spreadsheets via mail, which is one of the most unsecure way of communication. He knows that's the first step to eliminate. Have one tool to communicate high financial information, only one in one tool. Eliminating e-banking applications, having one applications to ensure that the static data and the different ERP systems are maintained well. And then he knows what tasks to do and start probably an RFP and eliminating these risks one by one. Okay, great. Now, you mentioned RFP there. I mean, presumably we're kind of thinking in terms of TMS selection and how this kind of understanding can impact what you're choosing. So, I mean, to what degree would it uh, impact TMS selection and what sort of questions should treasurers be asking of uh, potential vendors to ensure that they've got the right system in place to cover their own needs uh, now and uh, going forward? So I think in the first step is before he starts the selection process of knowing the risk, which I've mentioned before. And as soon as he knows the risk and how to solve this risk, I would include certain questions, how the TMS vendors are in particular handling these or solving this risk. How is the system supporting me in, in eliminating this risk? Because at the end, I'm having a TMS to increase the security, to increase, to eliminate certain risks and to have an application in place that eliminates frauds and fraud payments and so on. What also I have seen in the past selection processes, this whitelist blacklist topic I've mentioned in my answers before was not included in the, uh, in the RFPs I've answered years ago. But this is more and more coming to see is the system also, first of all, ERP independent, because I would have to a system in place that is maybe not suited only for one ERP system like SAP. Usually I have not only one SAP or one ERP system globally in place, but I don't know, a dozen or even more. 
And I need to ensure that the security is not only for the holding or for my bigger production sites, but also for my different sales offices or for my legal entities on site, which have local ERP systems in place or non-ERP system as, uh, at all. And then they need to see, okay, how is this TMS provider handling this kind of risk? Or is he advising, yeah, let's take another third party who's covering that risk. At the end, I would like to have everything out of one hand. That's the best part because if something happens, I know who to call. As soon as I can see in my RFP answers, okay, I don't know, five out of the 10 risks are covered by the TMS vendor and the others are covered by corporations or uh, other other system providers who are partnering with this with this vendor then i see there are more and more an issue popping up because as soon as an incident is going to happen i need the person who to call and at the end if it's about payments i'm not sure should i call the bank should i call swift should i call i don't know the the payment provider who provided me the the corporate bank should i contact my tms vendor the more cooks are in the kitchen, the worse it gets because I don't know who to talk to. And I can see based on the RFP questions to allocate or to have the best system in place, which covers most of the risks I want to eliminate through this selection process. That was Benjamin Canerium, Sales Director for EMEA at Berlin, in conversation with Tom Olford from Editorial at Treasury Today. Rounding off this deep dive into the importance of establishing strong process controls in Treasury, and how TMS selection should be driven by this understanding. It's certainly been interesting to hear where the hidden risks lurk and how and where treasurers can begin assessing their process controls as they strive to put in place best practice process controls to defeat the fraudsters. It's encouraging to know that help is at hand. I'm Sophie Jackson. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Treasury Today and Bellin. We'd love to hear from you, so do get in touch either directly or via our website, treasurytoday.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can keep an eye out for new episodes wherever you get your podcasts from.